can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, the main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. So when you find something online that you want to share with our listeners, you submit it to the site as show prep. It will then be voted upon and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. Now, the way to vote, it's a pretty simple process. You do have to have a free account on the site. Again, doesn't take long to set one up. Just set up an account, and once you're logged in, you can then click the Upcoming Stories link near the top portion of the page, and that will take you to the list of things that have been submitted by listeners just like you, and maybe even something that you submitted as well. And then you can vote right there, uh, yes or you know, plus or minus, do you like or not. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head over and get interactive at freetalklive.com. There's a pretty outrageous story in the news here regarding the, the, the roll-your-own-cigarette filling stations. I've never actually seen one of these things, but I hear they are more popular in other areas of the country, uh, big cities and other places where cigarette taxes are relatively high. Are these like, uh, I'm sorry, are these like tobacco shops or cigar stores or something where you go in? Or is this a, a head shop or something and they just have, provide this extra service for a fee. They are essentially. I don't think they're. I don't know. Maybe they are in some head shops, but they are basically vendors who let you come in, purchase loose tobacco, purchase the cylinders or the rolling papers, purchase the filters, and then you then put them in a machine and you essentially manufacture your own cigarettes. So, so you're still not- purchasing the product. From them, and it's benefiting the cigarette industry and what have you through that. It's benefiting, you know, an arm of the cigarette industry that is not taxed as severely as Mm -hmm. the rest of the cigarette industry. Uh, There was a tax increase that happened. I don't know if you recall this, but it was a couple years ago now, maybe a year or so ago, where it's been steadily increasing since it was a dollar fifty a pack when I started smoking. (laughs) Sure, but there was a big jump where they really jacked up the taxes. And uh, let's see, I think I had the numbers here. There's a couple different articles. Uh, It was in 2009 when the federal excise tax more than doubled on cigarettes and so to bring roll your own tobacco in line with smokes they raised the tax on roll your own tobacco from a buck 10 a pound to 24.78 a pound wow so going from around a dollar to around 25 dollars per pound on roll your own tobacco however there was a law, portion of the law that allowed for pipe tobacco to not be taxed as much oh. so they raised pipe tobacco from a dollar 10 per pound to two dollars and eighty three cents per pound, and that's just a little bit of a lower grade tobacco, right? It's a rougher cut. Well, what's happening now is the companies that previously manufactured roll your own tobacco, many of them have started manufacturing the same product under a new pipe tobacco brand. So, love the free market. Well, well the, it's not free, yes, right. But the way the market responds, <laughs> ingenuity. I love ingenuity. Right. It's, it's the way the market responds to these ridiculous government regulations yes. that threaten to put them out of business. So, of course, you know they're these. Big mega manufacturers are pretty upset. They would rather people purchase their cigarettes than uh, go and actually spend the time that's necessary because I don't know how long it takes for this machine to make some cigarettes, but it's not an in-and-out-the-door kind of thing. I mean, you've got to get the stuff, put it in the machine, and wait for the machine to make the, the product. Uh, but essentially, the the stores exist as a runaround the, the regulations the, because essentially the store isn't doing the work. The store is mm-hmm. not pre-rolling cigarettes and selling you pre-rolled cigarettes. 
they're allowing you to use a professional kind of high-grade machine that can do the rolling for you. In a way, it's almost like a Costco, it seems like, where you know Costco sells in bulk and they are able to have prices be kept down because they don't have fancy you know things in the stores etc so i don't see how and i suppose you're gonna tell me from the article how the cigarette industry is now objecting to this lawfully well, it's just, the, the, <laughs> the existence of roll your own is something that is a threat to people like philip morris correct but how what is their what is their argument against this the, the well i don't think they're going to come i don't know if they're going to come straight out and comment against this i think they more likely just quietly support uh, legislation like this. Uh, so the cigarette industry probably has no interest in answering a phone call from a mm-hmm. reporter on this particular topic because it, you know they don't want to tip their hand. Right. I mean, it's pretty clear that the federal government in this case is working on behalf of that particular industry because well, the cigarette companies have way more money and so they can more effectively lobby the politicians, whereas these roll-your-own companies are just trying to you know make ends meet. They're just trying to work make it work. I noticed last time I was here that you had a glug, 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 little, um, you know, uh, sound thing. Do you have a God bless America? I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't. So this is, uh, let me get a little more more what's going actually uh, going on here from the Las Vegas Review Journal. A tiny amendment buried in the federal transportation bill to be signed today by Barack Obama. I guess there's a small chance he won't sign it. I've uh, yet to be I've yet to validate whether or not this thing has signed, but the headlines make it look like this is a done deal. Uh, they're going to be putting roll your own cigarette operations out of business nationwide at midnight tonight. What? Robert Vison, with his brother and other partners, own nine Sin City cigarette factory locations in Southern Nevada, including six in Vegas and one in Hawaii. He said. When the bill's signed, their only choice is to turn off their 20 RYO filling station machines and lay off more than 40 employees. Not to mention hurt all those poor people that have been put in a situation where they're addicted to cigarettes and they need roll your own. I, you know, work in a place where we sell stuff for that and people depend on this. They depend on being able to roll their own cigarettes to avoid uh, the prices because the taxes are just so insane on cigarettes. Right. I mean, my first reaction is, you know, I quit smoking. I don't, you know, four months ago. Thank you. Almost today, actually. And I did it cold turkey without e-cigarettes and or nicotine patches and gums and things. And so it's like, okay, well, if I can do it after smoking for 30 years, my, my first inclination is, well, if they can't afford it, then they should quit. However, that's really not the point is whether it's more a question of, these this, these businesses that are providing a service for which people are willing to trade, barter, compensate, pay in some way for that service is been, being interfered with by the government on mm-hmm. behalf of a of corporate interests where, you know, they're all too happy to have the freedoms that they want within, you know, to conduct their business. But instead of doing so fairly and in a com- competitive manner. They are trying to seek an unfair advantage, and the United States government endorses, supports, and condones that at the taxpayer's expense. Well, it's not just that, but I see people that roll your own as, like, you know, you, Michelle, talk about trying to avoid paying taxes. That's what roll your own people are doing. They're avoiding paying the state tax money, I mean, for their own benefit so it's not so expensive, but the taxes on pipe tobacco, which is typically what people use to roll their own, uh, are much lower it's just a little 
strange thing with the legislation that yep, tax- it was kind of a loophole yeah. i guess mm-hmm. and so people were exploiting that loophole to avoid the high fees that go along with smoking and you know i could see why the government would want to snuff it out because they don't like that they don't they're trying to close the loophole but it it's becoming a big thing i remember when i started rolling my own and it blew my mind that you could even do this it's like is that your preference uh, that is that is my preference. I mean, I don't. Because cons- some people say it's not as good. Like the the cigarettes aren't as good when you roll your own. Is it just that they're picking the, the wrong tobacco? Maybe the consistency of they're, of rolling or something. Well, it's not the. It, what it really did was it showed me how cheap it really is to make cigarettes. Mm. Like people from uh, uh, people from big cities where they pay like fifteen dollars for a pack of yeah. cigarettes. Sometimes, uh, depending on what brand you buy. They think that cigarettes are just that expensive to make, I guess, because it blows their mind <laughs> when they come to New Hampshire and it's a lot less, I guess. But no, even it's way less. It's like three cents a cigarette, seven cents sure. a cigarette, something like that. Yeah, when you're buying product in bulk, I mean, the, the cost always comes down. But then again, the taxes are a, a real big wild card in this situation. They can be changed at any time, and they were recently jacked up significantly. I'll tell you more about these folks and who these people are that invested money in an operation that, like you were saying, Michelle, they're serving their customers. And now all of a sudden, because of some legislative change, and by the way, I'm getting news that apparently this bill did pass, so this is going into effect tonight at midnight, that these people are going to be seriously regulated. We'll tell you how here in a moment. They're just not going to be able to stay in business. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Free talk live. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here for you to take control of the airwaves, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you. In fact, you can go to the mobile site if you've got a smartphone and you'd like to get quick access to our live streams and the software that you'll need if you don't already have it to uh, tune into those live streams. Go to m.freetalklive.com. That's m as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com. It's all free there, of course. Now then, uh, you, of course, can join us in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. If you love liberty, that is. If you don't, then, well, disregard this message. Uh, (laughs) But if you do love liberty and you understand what it means to be free, that uh, you have to allow others to be free in order to be free yourself, and not only just allow them, but also stand up for the freedom of others. If you're willing to make that stand in a peaceful way, then this is the movement for you. And you can go to freestateproject.org. And I say this because the three ladies, or the two ladies here and myself, I have not become a lady because of your presence, but that would be interesting. Um, We're all here because of the Free State Project. That's the reason we're sitting in the studio together. That's the the reason we know one another, and I'm so grateful for it because it's been so much fun so far. It has. And uh, there's a lot more to come and a whole lot more people, too, because over 12,000 or nearly 12,000 people and over a thousand people are. Uh, is it up to twelve thousand now? Almost, have signed? It's oh, well. almost. You uh, know, we're I was. There. I was. Someone was asking me the other day about what it's like, uh, um, how the Free State Project is going, what it's like, 
And thinking about this question really made someone me... Someone from back home? or No, it was actually someone that I was... Uh, someone who makes videos online, and mm. I was complimenting her on her videos, and she, oh, cool. she asked me uh, what it was like, and uh, it just... Opportunity is like the main word that comes to mind. All this opportunity for doing activism, doing media, doing civil disobedience or inside the system stuff. It's Mm -hmm. just you can do anything, you know, any kind of activism you can think of here and you'll have people behind you supporting you. Unless it's just the most dangerous, crazy stuff. Unless, I mean, it, or there's a community here. Or if it's like something violent or something. You know, yeah. Violence it doesn't seem to fly uh, in this particular community. I don't Luckily. Know how, I don't know what it would do out in the other areas of New Hampshire. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not on the, the pulse of uh, the, the activist scene there, I, but there around was, here it just doesn't fly. There was actually some violence, some physical violence within our community recently. Unless few, uh, since Porkfest, actually. Oh. There was someone who's been on the uh, outs of the community. and um, Oh, I heard there was a had, fight. Yeah. And uh, someone had challenged him basically to a duel of sorts, <laughs> not to the death or anything. It was but a consensual duel, which is kind of cool. It was. It was, yes. Is there a video? I don't know. No, there's, there's no <laughs> video. Ask I, I wanted to know, so I asked if there's video, and a, unfortunately there was not. I think How was could there be a consensual fight in the Liberty community and nobody got... We got video of it. It seems unbelievable. To it me. was the group up north. <laughs> They're kind of low key, I guess. I, gotcha. I don't know. Well, I certainly don't support fighting. I don't think it solves any problems. I doubt that uh, there were were... options given. One was uh, a to have a public trial mm-hmm. where each you know party could the express their grievances. Could, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then um, and and uh, they were given the opportunity to do that, and uh, or wrestling or some other form of you know physical challenge manly thing yes i think this is kind of an interesting concept because that's part of what consensual fighting uh yeah like dueling and stuff like this sort of thing appeals to a lot of men i think that it's something you can do consensually i think that uh you know, like boxing and stuff like that. I mean, and that's, I find it all pretty barbaric myself. That's a, that's a sport, but yeah, and it, it's it's not going to solve your problem unless your problem is just, man, I just want to beat the crap out of this guy or whatever. And I guess there are guys that are like that, that they're just, you know, that's or how they girls. solve problems. Okay, yes, and ladies sure. uh, as well. Don't you certainly. think it's kind of like an instinctual thing? Like if you look at like the animal in us, that there's something about us that just makes us want to, you Probably. know, go at it. But the more sophisticated side obviously says we should just talk it out. But there's something to be said for dueling, I think. I think that there is something to be said for the, you know, the animal instinct that humans clearly uh, still have. But I think must rise above. Right. I think that in most of those instances, (laughs) uh, it's usually I mean, obviously eating is a good thing and Mm -hmm. other things, sleeping. uh, But uh, fighting. Yeah, we can cut that out of our relationship. We have a neocortex. We get choice. You know, that's we're we are different we from think. animals. Yes, right. we, we can. We can resist those urges, and I think it's worthy of attempting to. Yeah. So all that as an aside, uh, we can get back here in a little bit into the roll your own cigarettes story. But first, go to the phones and your thoughts. Andrew's in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Michelle. Hey guys, it's great to be on. Uh, the reason Good. I'm calling tonight is I have a question, and I guess I can relay my opinion about the non-aggression principle and dangerous behavior. Uh, My opinion is that dangerous behavior at a certain point violates the non-aggression principle, and I'm calling to kind of get your opinion on that matter because I know there were actually some issues at Porkfest with um, drunk driving, and um, my opinion is that impaired driving, once it reaches a certain point, which is probably best determined by the marketplace, but, you know, in the current state, it's enforced by the government, but dangerous behavior when it comes to a certain point um, 
in my opinion, unless it's consented upon, violates the non-aggression principle. And I was wondering if you guys have an opinion on that. Well, Rogers Campground is also private property, so it adds a whole other dimension to this. If you want to talk about drunk driving on the government roads, uh, I think there is like a I mean, it's definitely irresponsible. The roads are dangerous enough. I don't need to worry about drunk drivers, too. But as far as private roads go, uh, Rogers does have a policy about driving on its roads, and you're not supposed to be doing it drunk. And so, yeah, it is, it is an act of aggression. So, yeah, in that case, you're you're flagrantly violating the rules of a private property owner. But if there weren't rules about drinking and driving, in theory, it should be legal on private property, right? Like, I mean, I think that uh, if it's your property and you want to go and tool up uh, and pound down the, the <laughs> yeah. beers, and you've got a big dirt track that you want to go on and just woo, you should be absolutely. <laughs> how, does, how does that go again, Ian? Woo, like that. <laughs> you, you should absolutely be able to do that, and nobody should be able to tell you anything about it. Right. But in the case of other people being around, campers, for instance, being around, that's a policy that makes sense to not have people mm-hmm. driving through the park. On the other hand, how do you really enforce it? Uh, in this case, the individual who was driving drunk, people knew he was uh, driving drunk because he was obviously you know, revealing that to folks. Had he been maybe more of a subtle drunk, maybe no one would have had any idea what But the uh, community took doing. care of it, though. They didn't call they the police did. to resolve this. People, I guess, boxed him in, and he's been you know, um, addressed by several different members of different areas within our community here in New Hampshire. And But I think the caller, I don't know that you're just specifying private property i would say that you could ought to be able to drink and drive on public roads as well and that and that i think we talked about this last week maybe you'll drive 10 miles an hour with one hand over your eye like this but the fact is whether or not you're drunk or you're sober and you cause injury to another person then you are supposed to provide remedy that that would be what was would be just Mm -hmm. so it it really shouldn't make a difference whether you're drunk or sober well right what makes a difference to me is whether or not somebody is driving dangerously is that person putting somebody else at risk in their with their whatever their current driving habits are i don't care if they're falling asleep at the wheel or drunk at the wheel or whatever their issue is if they're swerving all over the road or somehow putting others in danger i think that should be the issue but andrew your thoughts are welcome go ahead yes um well my question is at what what element or at what point who determines what is dangerous behavior because obviously every human behavior has some element of risk. Well, I would say that would so, be the private property owner ultimately decides what he considers to be dangerous behavior. So, for instance, if I've got a you know a pool, I will determine whether or not I want people running around the pool. Or, uh, but we instance. all need to determine that. If I see someone waving a gun and they're drunk, I'm going to get out of there as far well, away as I can. Eight, thank you, uh, Andrew, uh, for the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. You are welcome to bring yours up, whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Realtor Mark Warden Do you want a home with 20 acres A lakeside cabin Any takers for renters Buyers and sellers too Mark Warden is the guy for you PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. SACL CAI. You can utilize their services to get your collections done with respect. And hopefully keep your customers down the line so you can, uh, well, you can both continue doing business with one another. SACL CAI can handle that as well as some other great stuff like uh, early out billing and uh, other things I just don't understand because I've never, (laughs) thankfully, had to do collections. It sounds awful. Imagine having to do this yourself. Or maybe you already know what it's like to do it yourself. Well, forget about it. Don't you want to focus on your business? I'd rather do radio than do collections. That's mm-hmm. why I got into radio, to do radio. I hate uh, ch- having to chase down money. Yeah. hate it. It's a pain. But luckily, some people don't mind doing it. <laughs> yes, and I'm happy to pay them to hunt, you know, chase it down. Right, so get in touch with SACL CAI. They have a banner, and it is at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. So where you go to freetalklive.com, look over on the right-hand side. Top banner right there, SACL CAI. As we go to the phones here, to the fun, and uh, we'll continue, by the way, with the latest on the Roll Your Own Cigarette stores, probably... Going out of business tonight at midnight. Matt is on the line first, though, listening in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Michelle. Hey, Matt. Hi, Ian, Allie, and Michelle. How are you guys today? Hello. Great. Just super. What's on your mind? Um, there's an interesting story coming out of uh, Illinois. Um, this, uh, this is on uh, Dr. Mercola's uh, website. And- I like Dr. Mercola. Yeah, and he he's wrote a story about an Illinois beekeeper who had his beehive his beehives stolen in the middle of the night by the Illinois Department of Agriculture. Oh boy! And they came onto his property at a time when nobody was on his property for some reason. He was on vacation or whatever. That's not clearly explained. And um, it's always a good time to steal things from a piece of uh, property is when the property owner has gone away on vacation. Right. And he took his uh, the, uh, a very important beehive and he, he they accused him of having a uh, uh, bees that had a uh, disease they called foul brood. Hmm. And he says his bees did not have that disease and he could have proved it. But they took but his he bees didn't before. have the chance. Yes. And. uh one of the interesting things about this beehive is that he had been doing research for 15 years and uh, has shown that Monsanto's uh, Roundup has been uh, causing colony collapse disorder uh, mm. using, his, using his bees as a, uh, a sample. And, uh, these so bees by raiding this that- particular man's beehives, they've essentially shuttered a scientific project that could have threatened corporate America, which, of course, is what government is most beholden to, that we, as we know it. That is correct. That's that's wow. the basic gist of the story, and uh, I thought it was interesting. I know that Mark uh, has bees, or at one time had bees. I don't know if he still has them, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, he might find this particularly particularly interesting. He might, but he's not on the show on Friday <laughs> nights. Uh, but I, I still find it interesting, and uh, and I think it's really convenient how they've taken a man out, uh, you know, basically destroyed his uh, his experiment. And and now, what, now what's going to happen? I mean, these bees are not going to likely be kept waiting for him. I mean, what, what have they done with the bees? Do you have any idea? That is something that he is trying to find out. That's one of the big questions he's asking because one of the things he was doing with this particular beehive was he felt that this beehive, the queen bee, may have developed a genetic uh, tolerance 
to the uh, Roundup, and he was trying to um, mm. to make baby baby queens that he could make into new colonies that would have a uh, um, uh, a resistance, resistance to mm-hmm. this Roundup. Interesting. Hey, Matt, thanks for sharing that story, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. These guys don't care about going in and ruining your life or destroying your business. It doesn't cost them anything, or at least that's not how they see it. In this case, it could have cost maybe a really amazing scientific development that, uh, of course, they don't have any concept for, these people that did the raid. They're just But Roundup's Monsanto. (laughs) I would think that... (laughs) No, they don't want... uh, you know, they're going to protect their interests. That's and, what I mean. Yeah, 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 it's terrible. I would think that a colony of bees would be something very fragile to maintain and have to move. So it's kind of scary to think that, you know, the government comes in and takes it away. And I wouldn't expect the bees to still be, you know, alive or in the same condition when I got them back. Like, yeah, I wouldn't normally, really want them back. <laughs> yeah, normally if they steal like uh, a horse from somebody, they'll probably take that horse to another paddock somewhere and they'll be taken care of to some extent. Uh, while the trial is being played out. But how likely are the government bureaucrats to treat bees in the same way that they would treat, say, a dog or a horse or another cute animal? Well, think of how they treat people's children when they take them away from their parents. I mean, they don't they don't have a good record of treating people's kids very well. So I, I wouldn't think they'd care about bees. And did he say that these were honeybees? I did not catch what... I didn't catch type. that. Okay, well, you know, honeybees, um, it's said that without honeybees that we would, uh, humanity would live for four years. Mm, wow. Right. That's the importance of them. And they provide the flavor and fruit. And, and you know. how do they know that? I just I, wonder. I, I mean, I'm not expecting you to de- necessarily know, but I just I'm curious. Like, how do they know when they, they say would... when I hear stuff like that? I'm like, how do they know? But that humanity know. would last four years. You yeah. mean? Like I could see someone saying we would be much worse off without this species. But to say like to put a number on is kind of strange. It's, to me. it's a pretty it's a pretty wild claim for sure. I'd be curious to find that out as well. Right. So in any case, uh, fruit and vegetables need pollination. And um, so so my point about the the importance of this experiment is if the they can find a bee that is immune and resistant to the Roundup. Roundup. Yeah. Then they're not going to be perishing the way they have been. And there's been a serious decline in bee populations. All right. And actually, you would think Monsanto would support finding a bee that's immune to uh, to Roundup. That would be something that they would likely appreciate. Where are the conspiracists happen. tonight? But Come they, on now. <laughs> no, please. Stay right where you are. Well, we do have open phones. You can call in if you'd like. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you know a little bit more about bees. You're welcome to uh, to comment on this particular issue. But also, uh, we've been so they put this guy's bee operation out of business. And they've also been, or just tonight at midnight, they're going to be putting out of business the Roll Your Own filling stations. Roll Your Own is in Roll Your Own Tobacco. These are companies uh, that have started up with the idea of serving customers, customers who don't want to pay these outrageous taxes on cigarettes and rolling tobacco and cigars, folks who would like to save some money. Uh, people who, you know, they're not going to quit their habit. You can keep raising taxes, and that's not necessarily going to mean they're going to stop smoking. But they do want to get a better deal because if you can spend less money on cigarettes, you can spend more money on food or you can spend more money on, you know, whatever else it is that's important in your life. Posted today uh, is a little blurb on um, the FDA saying advocates, uh, they want to uh, uh, 
do e-cigarettes as well. They'd like oh, to sure make would. them right. So in some places they're illegal, and uh, the the critics, Boston, I believe, has prohibited their sale. Oh, really? Claiming that they contain chemicals that are toxic and uh, c- could cause cancer, which <laughs> uh, they <laughs> okay. don't know, right? So, um, so yeah, so they now don't have the expanding. same chemicals that uh, the cigarettes do, that the actual smokable cigarettes do. So, uh, this legislation, I guess, is more directed at people that have those machines that basically do all the work for you, right? Yeah, like, these are essentially thirty thousand dollars or thirty-three thousand dollar machines. So, so this is not s- your. At least people can still like take it home and do it themselves, but it just it takes so long that it's almost not worth. Right. Like it's still it's expensive when you factor in the labor that goes into rolling your own. So these machines are still very cost effective compared to cigarettes. But and they can crank out the cigarettes. By the way, according to uh, the Sun Times, which also did a piece on this. So there's one from Vegas and then another one from Chicago. Uh, the Sun Times piece says that the machines allow customers to pick their own tobacco. Pour it into a device that can then roll the tobacco into a carton or approximately 200 cigarettes within minutes. So I've seen people hand-rolling cigarettes before Mm -hmm. or with one of those machines, and that is a time-consuming process. But this amazing machine, this contraption here, $33,000 contraption, will do it in minutes. And, of course, you know, not the average person can't afford one of these things. So that's why these stores have started up to allow people to essentially rent them for a few minutes and make their own cigarettes. And the feds are going to put them out of business. We'll tell you more coming up. MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. Take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you would like, you can support Free Talk Live by shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com. And when you enter Amazon through the links provided to you there, then Free Talk Live gets a portion of of the purchase price. So you still get the same stuff you're looking for. It's still the same Amazon experience with this huge selection you're used to, the free super saver shipping, the great prices, everything you're used to about Amazon. It's the same. It's just you're entering through our portal. So Free Talk Live gets a, uh, a cut of the sale, basically. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. And I guess it looks like as of midnight tonight, you will not be able to continue shopping at uh, the various different Roll your own cigarette stores as they are going to be going out of business. According to owners of these locations in articles both at the Chicago Sun-Times and in the Nevada, uh, excuse me, the Las Vegas Review Journal, these business owners basically can't afford to deal with the new regulations which have just been signed into law today in a transportation bill. It's a federal highway bill that actually has a section that redefines tobacco manufacturers as to include any business with a roll-your-own-cigarette machine and then taxes those products, that is the cigarettes that are utilized or that are made from the uh, roll-your-own-tobacco machine, they tax them at the same rate as packaged smokes. Why do they even give names to the legislation as if it's like all related? Yeah. Why don't they just say 
another heap of legislation. Right. Here's a bunch of crap. Because that's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. I mean, they are just destroying people's lives. Marsha Smith of Lake County decided after the state tax increase, they're talking about Illinois here, that she should move her smokes and such tobacco shops in Skokie and Gurney over to Wisconsin, where taxes on rolled cigarettes are lower. And she says if Obama signs this law, which he's done, uh, she said she will shut her doors because the machines are pretty expensive. And essentially, they're going to be uh, jacking up the regulations on these people. You're going to have to get a license to be a manufacturer. It's not just that all of a sudden, if once this legislation goes into effect at midnight, it's not going to be that all of a sudden you're a manufacturer and subject to new regulations. It's, no, no, you're now subject to these regulations. You need to apply for a license. You need a permit, and that's going to cost you money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you will essentially have to have the same as a store, right. as a storefront, somebody renting out a little you know, hovel in a strip mall somewhere, mm-hmm. you will have to have the same license as will the manufacturing facilities of R.J. Reynolds. <sighs> so what do you think the cost, uh, you know, what do you think the cost comparison is going to be there? Because it's going to be the same price, right? So R.J. Reynolds, when they apply for one of these licenses, it's no big deal. They can afford it. They've got the money, no problem. I mean, they've got all kinds of high-powered attorneys and everything. They need a license for it to build a new manufacturing facility. It's such a small percentage of their cost of doing business Mm -hmm. relative to a mom-and-pop place, you know? Exactly. So, uh, you know, this is absolutely outrageous, and it's going to kill businesses. In fact, the guys in Vegas are saying that they'll stay open for about another week. Uh, to sell tubes and tobacco just to get through our inventory, but without the use of the roll-your-own-machines, we won't be staying open. These guys have nine of these, what they call the Sin City Cigarette Factory locations in southern Nevada. So they're going to be firing... Uh, $270,000 in equipment? At least. Okay? At wow. least. I mean, that doesn't include whatever renovations they've made to their storefronts wow. right, and, right, and right. all that. Just that machinery. But yeah. guys, Obama's going to make up for it because you see he's got this bill. He's going to create like a billion jobs. So it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. No problem. Well, actually, I haven't heard about this bill yet. So maybe you can tell <laughs> us about uh, all of its amazing factors here in a little bit. Of course, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind as well. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to, I believe we have Cindy on the line in Atlanta. Cindy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Michelle and Allie. Hey, how are you? Hey, Cindy. Great. What's yeah, I was calling to say um, we cannot blame Obama for the high employment, unemployment in the African-American community. Oh, I agree. You can't blame... Uh, uh, the reason you... why I say that is we need to blame the court system because any time an African-American do anything from eight years old to... 20, they putting a felon on them. Mm-hmm. And yes. Felon mean you can, a lot of jobs can't have felons. They can't get screened. Yeah, they won't they even be looked get, at. They won't even be considered. They yep. can't get anything. The justice and, system and so is... We need to start marching on these courts or changing mm-hmm. laws in the courts. Where it's, even if you fight now, that's a felon in the African community. It's uh, it's ruining people's lives all over the place. I mean, not just uh, people in the African American community, but but just people, a period, and certainly people of a more uh, lesser means persuasion, people that don't have as much money. Poor people are definitely targeted uh, more so than rich people when it comes to enforcing things like the war on drugs, for instance. Well, uh, well, what I notice about the African American community when when it's uh, Caucasian. You, if if five guys do something, they only get the one 
who actually did it. In African-American community, they get, if you got 10 guys, they charge 10 guys with the same crime. Oh, I totally believe it. I mean, you're calling from the deep south. So it's not equally fair. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, you're, I'm originally from the South myself, and you're calling from uh, Atlanta here tonight. And yeah. I don't know if things are different in the North, but it certainly is not uncommon for you know some redneck cops to target black people and and also Hispanics uh, that are you know just if you're driving while black, it's a dangerous activity. So I totally understand where you're coming from. I just wish that I believed that there was any change coming on the horizon for this. I mean, I wished. I wish that we could see some sort of uh, revolutionary change coming that will end the war on drugs and make it so that we can free these men from sitting in prison cells. And hopefully, because, you know, yeah, it's going to be tough to get a job when you have a felony, but it's even tougher when you're sitting in a prison cell. And uh, to set these people free, I don't see it happening anytime soon because these politicians, they just don't have any compassion. They don't care about what's happening to these uh, these human beings. And uh, I wish I was more optimistic. African American community, the Klansmen gave up their hoods for the suits and the judgeship, mm. doctors. Ma'am, could I ask you now? Uh-huh. Did you I think you're back right about four that. years ago when uh, during the presidential election, did you find yourself voting for Obama because he was black? Because he was black. Yes. Were well, you were you predisposed to vote for him? Okay, and and I, but I don't have to vote for of, of white guys because they was white. And no, so, yeah, but, but he still was tough when uh when when some of the other black kids and all them yep. ran. No, you didn't vote for them. Right, know? right. <laughs> so yeah. it's what they say. How they gonna help the African? Okay, African that's a really good point. Did have American you American community? We don't just vote uh, because uh, it's a lot of it, it was a lot of African American voters for Hillary. So yeah. no, I'm actually surprised you asked that question, Michelle. Well, no, I, because I was going to lead into something else. So I was. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't know if she voted for mm-hmm. anyone, but there were people, she's mentioning African-American and she keeps referring, I, I like to think, I want to see liberty for all people and um, my kids are half Egyptian and I just, I like to say that we're of the human race, not the African-American or the Asian or whatever. Now, granted... African-Americans because I am an African-American yeah. and I see how we are being treated Yes, and especially black males. Yes, there's a one in three chance. Black black guys, something to make them violent, Mm -hmm. so they can put them in prison. But if someone out there could come and test the ones that are dead crime, and see uh, if somebody giving them something, something to make them violent. Because in our country, we wasn't just going shoot each other, shoot people. Cindy, I think the war on drugs certainly. I think the war on drugs and drugs being prohibited certainly leads to more violence. Uh, violence, and I want to thank you for the call tonight, uh, Ali. I think you had a. Comment. I don't. I don't even think it's just the war on drugs, though. I think this whole segregation, like a lot of the things that progressives uh, con- or liberals would consider to be uh, legislation that's going to help minorities, a lot of that sort of legislation that's been passed. Uh, in in the past has been really meant to sort of bring 
uh, minorities, like put them in their place to make sure that they never have to compete well, with the white man. That's what Cindy was basically saying when she pointed out that the Klansmen, uh, don't, you know, get, left the robes behind and they in the hoods and they picked up uh, suits and yep. they became the government if they weren't already yep. whether at the time. And so but she started out by saying or, or whatever. She started. She kept saying that we need to march and, and do these the, this activism on the courts in order to change the law. And she mentioned from the inside. So I wanted to get to you know whom she. She, uh, who she voted for and ask if she was happy with the response and and what has been done or whether or not she's disappointed from that demographic. 855-450-FREE. I think it kind of ended up being a discussion about uh, race. And I agree with you, Michelle, that we're all humans and we should just be individuals and be yes. seen that way. But unfortunately, a racist cop isn't going to think like that. And there's no doubt that black men are targeted more so than anybody else. And that's really something like that's Like one in three has a chance of a felony. There's more coming up here. Hour two is next. You take control. It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com allows you to actually control the content of the site. You can vote on things that people have submitted. You can submit things as well. But basically, you vote up or down on whether you like or dislike something that's on our site. And the more, uh, the more upvotes it receives, the more likely it's to be promoted to the front and the top of the site at freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian here. Allie. And Michelle. Let's go right back into your calls here in just a moment. But I know, Allie, you had some further thoughts you wanted to, I guess, express regarding uh, the police and them targeting the government people, targeting uh, minorities. Right. So I think that there's definitely a group of cops and government agents out there that are just simply racists. But I don't think that... Uh, the disparities that you see in like the demographics and incarceration rates is just about racist cops. I think a lot of it has to do with um, basically racist legislation. Like a lot of this legislation that we consider to be, oh, it helps minorities get ahead. Think of the times that a lot of this legislation passed. It wasn't when we had total tolerance of minorities. A lot mm-hmm. of it was meant to keep white people from having to compete with minorities as far as labor and jobs went. It's true. And it's been packaged as something that's meant to help, you know, these people. And it's really, uh, they call it like knocking out the rings of the economic ladder. So it makes it more difficult for them to catch up. Uh, yes. So, the, so when you're in poverty, it's much 
more likely that you're going to be arrested and incarcerated than if you have, uh, you know, a steady job, you know, family. So it's not so much a racist thing as it is something that targets poor people. Economic conditions. Right. And, and not only not only are you more likely to be arrested if you're poor, but you're also less likely to be able to successfully start your business or your own business because of what you're talking about with these regulations yeah. that make it so difficult to open up a business. Maybe it's a zoning regulation. Maybe they just won't let you run businesses out of your home where you live, maybe like a city. There's just zoning that just won't allow that. They'll yeah. uh, shut you down for that. Like hair braiding and stuff. Uh, sure. I, I, knew some, I knew some girls that were really good at doing cornrows. I had my hair done. But you can't really you can't pay someone to do that legally. I mean, I think it happens anyway. But you're not supposed to be paying someone to have your to braid your hair for you. But well, unless they have some sort of a permit, right? Right, unless or they have a permit license. in a shop and probably a certain number of sinks and all right. this. Right, and different now stuff. you're talking about serious cash. I mean, the average poor person is not going to be able to afford all of that. You know, the renovations that would be required to open up a storefront. But if it's a matter of letting people come into their home and provide them with the service there, that's something that. That someone who's poor can do, uh, but the fact is, these regulations keep them from even getting getting to that point. Or if they do just go ahead and open up their own place, then all of a sudden they've got men with guns threatening them and telling them, "Oh, well, you don't have your permission slip, so therefore you either shut down or we take you to jail." It was kind of hard to have dialogue with her because she just kept talking or whatever. But I really wanted to move the conversation away from race to the economic aspect and and then get to that's which was why I was getting at the question of her voting for Obama or not, because really it's a condition of economics and everyone black, white, you know, um, has suffered uh, from this economy that is not just the I, I wouldn't blame um, Obama for no, that. No, you can't. Uh, right. That, that was actually the beginning of her call was that, uh, you know, she said you can't blame Obama for the economy. And she's she's right. But many he's people singularly... look to him to fix it, though. Well, that's true, too. And he's not going to fix it. And uh, But you, you, he can't be singularly blamed. He and all the politicians that are in there and everybody that came before him are to be blamed. I mean, so George Bush, Barack Obama, uh, Bill Clinton, all of these people have been just screwing people left and right. They've been raising taxes, increasing uh, regulations, and making it so people can't uh, grow their own businesses and help themselves. And it's just, it's been a long time coming. The economy did not just screw up because Obama got elected. It's ridiculous to think that that's true. But it's not getting better because of Obama. It's not, you know, it could certainly get worse uh, because of of Obama in the same way that it would have been uh, getting worse had John McCain been elected as well. We'd be experiencing similar problems if John McCain had been elected. Right. I feel privileged to be a white female, which means I'm least likely to ever be incarcerated and that I have the opportunity to actually learn about the way uh, the economy works. And it, you know, it doesn't surprise me that. Uh, these people who are in this desperate situation are just waiting for someone to just tell them that they're willing to do something to help them. You know, if they've been taught their whole lives that government's the answer to uh, the problems of poverty, then, you know, you're not going to hear Mitt Romney going out there saying, oh, yes, we need to help minorities. Well, it's so. I don't know if they've been taught that government is the answer to the problem of poverty, but they certainly know that government is the problem. I mean, I think a lot of them are aware that government is standing in the way of them creating their own business. Or oh, I don't agree with that wealth. at all. Do you think I it's totally like, disagree. I think it's like a local federal thing. Like as far as the local government goes, they know that they're corrupt because they see those those people all the time coming around and messing around. But maybe they see like the federal government as some kind of savior to like come in and stop the abuse. I don't with know. With what do you disagree, Michelle? Um, the idea that um this 
this segment of the population, I'm going to, I'm going to say African American from the South who's unemployed and, um, and, uh, has had multiple generations of poverty. I've, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. I also lived in Alabama. And so in those four years, having, especially having come out from the West where you can't, if, if, if your eyes are closed, you can't really tell the difference between someone who is black and white when they speak and what have you. When you go to the South, it was, it was such a shock for us. And I kept saying, man, these people just don't know that they can walk off the plantation. You know, there was a disti- there was a di- difference. Um, black people in general, as if they're from a low socioeconomic class, they defer to white people. Even now, even though they're no longer slaves, they still defer. Everyone's a slave now. I'm talking. About- <laughs> you mean the old chattel slavery? <clears throat> yes, and yeah. so, um, so yeah, there there is uh, there are behavioral differences between southern blacks and I don't northern feel comfortable to, to put people in groups like that. I, I don't feel comfortable like that at all. I never I mean, got the I, I never got the sense that they were def- that like I never saw people. You're from Alabama, by I'm, the way, right? I'm from Alabama. I never. I I there's like a cert, there's a level of. Um, awkwardness in as far as the differences in race and if it what it comes from is people being insecure and uh thinking about there's a reason for that though and it's all it's all um integrated in uh because the government was the one that quote-unquote freed people rather than they're just being the organic um process that would have occurred had you know lincoln not interfered and if it, because people were already releasing their slaves there had already been a societal change now i'll give you an example i am um, went to a wedding back in 2006 um in alabama in birmingham and it was this you know rather wealthy well-to-do family there were 600 guests invited that's a big wedding and um and the housekeeper who had worked for the family for 30 years and had been kind of like nanny to the two children who were now in their 30s um, had had raised them, changed their diapers, what have you. I was told this woman is a part of the family. Her name is Myrtle. She was so, you know, so nice. And she was, of course, part of the family. Well, I was trying to buzz around and help with wedding things. You know, I was a guest in their home, but I wasn't part of the wedding party. So I was just trying to be helpful. And I asked if they'd like me to go pick up Myrtle to take her to the wedding because I knew she didn't drive. And they said, well, why would Myrtle go to the wedding? I said, what do you mean, why would Myrtle go to the wedding? And she goes, there aren't going to be any of her people there. This is a college-educated woman who um, said this. Is she white? Or- She's white. Okay. She's white. So, um, so it hadn't even occurred to her. She ended up inviting Myrtle at the last minute to go to the reception. And this gal took her two daughters and was at the reception. And they stuck to themselves the whole time. And um, when my kids, but that doesn't mean anything about people in the the South in general, blacks in the South who are you know poor. I don't think it's fair to, to make these generalizations. I mean, okay, I mean people are different. I think that it's true. I, <laughs> I think great if someone else would call it and well, support I, what I was talking on, about because I know here. I'm right here. <laughs> we, we, we can get to your calls. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe there's. I think there's truth in the statement that blacks in the South are still being kept down by the man. I think that's true, and that they're being you know indoctrinated in government. You know schools which is going to lead towards some trends and tendencies perpetual that poverty aren't. that doesn't mean that there aren't black people in the south who want to start their own businesses and my best friend that's not black. what i said i did well, not maybe say I misunderstood that you. 855-450-FREE you can take control it's free talk live 
Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the various features that we will provide you with there, including the bulletin board system, which allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can also find show prep elements there uh, from the stuff that we use on the air. We list it under the show prep section on the BBS. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to find it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We were talking about how the man is keeping poor people down uh, because that's generally what's what's true. Although I think there's definitely evidence that uh, certain poor people are targeted more often than others, specifically blacks and Hispanics, especially if we're talking about uh, being in the South, and uh, although it may be it may be true across the board, but definitely uh, poor people are uh, targeted because they're just easier to run roughshod over. I mean, the rich people can hire lawyers, and lawyers can be tough to deal with if you're the government, the police, and all that. I was never sued though when I didn't have any money, and I've been sued lots of times since I did. So there's a, there is a definitely some there, I get what you you're know, saying, more money, yeah. more problems. That's yeah. that's true. But you know, there's a certain level of poverty where it's like crushing. Like you know. Toss me something. No, but I actually but had a, a, a lawyer say in, the last time I was in court, this woman is picking on a poor minister. Well, well, then you're getting sued by another human being, right? You're getting sued by another person, whereas with the government people are picking on people. They do tend to pick on uh, poor people, at least for little stuff like, you know, stopping them from having business regula- – stopping them with business regulations uh, from having a business in the first place. Uh, certainly when you start to get a bunch of money, then the government becomes interested in taking that from <laughs> you. So, I mean, being rich isn't a, uh, a way to necessarily solve all your problems, but it is going to lessen the likelihood that you're going to be pulled over on the side of the road – and arrested for the possession of a joint. Let's just say that. Correct. Uh, whereas poor people, much more likely to be targeted for these things. And then that ruins their lives because, as we talked about earlier, they then get a you know, criminal charge on their record. It becomes then more difficult to get a job, which then makes maybe more likely they're going to be depressed and continue drinking or pick up some other kind of drug habits. It's just a, a nasty uh, cycle that continues on. And like I said earlier to the caller uh, previously, I wish there was some sort of hope for seeing this stuff change in the future, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, there's actually a news piece in... Oh, God, where is it? Here but she is looking to have her vote count and to march on, I guess, City Hall or the courts in order to affect change. And, and I don't so, blame her for thinking that. I mean, a lot of people believe that that's how that things are going to have to change, that they're going to have to change the system. And I don't. I think it's true. The system's going to have to change unless all of a sudden all of these bureaucrats that work for the police departments are going to wake up and uh, start thinking freedom-oriented and you know, mm-hmm. stop enforcing bad laws on people. Until then, you're going to have stories like the one out of Long Beach where the police went into a pot uh, medical cannabis shop 
and basically beat the uh, beat the occupants and proceeded to destroy equipment in the shop. They actually there's footage of one of the police officers with a club bashing the hell out of a video, a surveillance camera in there to obscure the rest of the damage that they then proceeded to do after the camera had been destroyed. Mm. There was video footage of one of these officers basically crushing a man uh, with his full weight, and these guys weren't violent. They weren't dangerous. They're operating in a, you know an open marijuana shop in California where this thing should be legal. Why were they raided? They didn't have a permit. So right. once again, because they might have been poor, and they were, they did seem to be uh, black gentlemen that were operating this uh, these, this shop. They they had enough wealth to go through the process of uh, opening the shop, but they maybe they didn't know enough about the legal land framework to hire a lawyer to make sure that all their T's were crossed and all their I's were dotted as far as whatever legal because they were legal by California state law. It right. was the local ordinance. That they didn't have. They didn't have the local permit to occupy that space. So the cops came in and did a uh, did a raid just like they would do on any illegal uh, marijuana facility. Right. So, on somebody's business. So the so people's money, your your the fruit of your labor is being confiscated from you to hand over to thugs that will go in and steal from your neighbor and destroy your neighbor's property. Right. So they How do y'all feel about that? It's terrible. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that our earlier caller was referring to where she feels frustrated and would like to have some of that relieved, would like to make it so that her, you know, people she considers her brothers and sisters are not going to be crushed in this way and then therefore will have the opportunity to create something more for themselves. I didn't hear her advocating, you know, a welfare program. Maybe had we kept her on the line, she would have gotten to that point. And obviously we don't think that well fair is the solution because then you're creating more problems you're creating dependency on the state and actually it was earlier this week that we talked about uh, the significant numbers of americans just americans across the board that are getting a paycheck from the government it's something like one out of every two households mm-hmm. somebody someone in that household is receiving a check from the federal government not even all the state welfare mm-hmm. programs and all that so welfare is a huge problem not just for poor people but just uh, or blacks it's, it's just a huge problem across the board i want to go to mike who's on the line listening in oklahoma you're on free talk live mike with ian and ali and michelle hey ian welfare is not only a problem for the poor it's a problem for me that's why they're getting 33 percent of my paycheck i've never filed a an income tax so i'm happy to say in my that's entire heroic life. yay i now, love that mike wait a minute now you're a professional driver right Yes, sir. Now, that's interesting that uh, I presume you're working for companies while you're driving, or are you an independent operator? No, I work for a company. I've always worked for a company. I I can't seem to make it work to get my own truck. I think that that's not uh, viable in today's market, but um, I just just never filed. So do they take the money from you? Just to clarify, do they take taxes and you're just not filing, so you're just still losing whatever amount they're taking out in uh, withholding? Yeah, I just I just don't file. They take out their social security, state and federal, and that kind of thing, which is you know I'll I'll take that. They can they can take that. I'm just not going to give them any more. You know. Hmm. So do you file? So you don't file. So when you initially are um, filling out your paperwork with your employer, do you uh, put down several exemptions to minimize what it is that you're having taken from your paycheck each week or month or whatever? I sure do. I'm single with no kids, but I put down that I have three dependents and a wife that doesn't work. So you do file mm -hmm. the initial paperwork because the the company requires you to do that. But afterwards, you're not filing whatever other paperwork comes through. But they presumably are still sending information to the IRS on you. Uh, So have the IRS ever threatened you? 
Never. And I think that it's because wow. more than likely they would owe me money. Huh. I think that's how I've stayed under the radar. That's 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 just just my idea. How many it. how many um, years uh, have you been doing this? I have never done it, and I've been working. I still got my first job at Dairy Queen when I was in high school, age fourteen. And you are now how old? I, I'm forty. Wow, that's great. Nice. Congratulations, by the way. And, and I think you may, you know, that's a good point. Maybe you would get a refund if you actually filed, which of course is a major reason why people file. Uh, I, I, you know, is the fact that the government will send them some money back, and so that that's a big incentive for people. But, but the federal government creates this relationship what? with with people, you know, where where they're filing and and uh, uh, getting money back, and then what happens when you? go get out of the rat race and you're actually making some real money that creates actual wealth, you've already had this established relationship with the federal government where you've been paying and filing and what have you. And, you know, it, uh, you you might not be paying now, but you'll be paying then. Mike, I know you had something else I think you want to talk about, so you can stick with us here if you'd like, and we will bring it back. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us uh, over here on the phones and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features we have there. Archives going all the way back to late 2006. Click and download as many as you would like at freetalklive.com. And if you click over to our SoundCloud profile, that'll make it easy for you to share the Free Talk Live episodes of your choice on the Facebook or Twitter or wherever it is that you like to hang out online with your social network. Uh, You can go and find the SoundCloud link under Listen and Share. It's on the left-hand side of freetalklive.com. It's, again, the SoundCloud link under Listen and Share. gets you uh, quick access to a whole bunch of archives. makes it easy to share with your friends. So we've been talking about poverty and how the government uh, people are very interested in the business of expanding poverty. They want you to be poor. They want you to be poor. So, first of all, it protects their buddies, protects their very rich fat cat uh, business friends from competition because poor people are innovators. Uh, They're people that are going to create businesses. If they had the freedom to, that is, they would create businesses. They would start new uh, opportunities, create new opportunities for people and innovate in those industries, create new options that have never been offered to the marketplace before. There's a certain freedom that I think comes with, you know, not having much to lose. You're just more willing to take risk. Right. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, bring something fresh to the table and see what happens. They would 
could do that, but uh, they're unable to because a lot of business regulations and zoning regulations and other things, taxes, keep them out of that business. So that's one of the things that government does is they protect their buddies by keeping poor people poor and stopping them from creating new wealth for themselves. Or as Ali was pointing out, stopping them from uh, climbing the rungs of the economic ladder by basically kicking out those rungs in the first place to prevent them from even having a chance. And then on the other hand, they also want to increase poverty so that they can offer benefit programs to those poor people. And then they can get them hooked on being poor. Hey, why would you want to go ahead and take a risk and start a business when you could just take the safe road and get a check from us? Mm -hmm. And you could live in our house and you could take our money and you could take our food. And then you can become a total uh, serf living off the state. And then they've really got you because even though they're victimizing you on one hand by preventing you from having opportunities and putting your brothers and sisters in jail because of the war on drugs and other nonsense on the other hand they're also keeping you poor by giving you checks and just keeping you right in the place where you've been that it's just a really just horrible system right well well i don't disagree or while of all the things that government could use the money that they get, that they steal from people, obviously the way they get the money is inherently wrong, or at least obvious to me. But then as far as how they spend the money, you know, they could spend it, they have options, right? Like they could spend it on protecting their buddies. They could spend it on uh, employing more cars. You're not going to suggest that they do like the right noble thing, are you? Well, as far as like the potential that they have they want to be the able to stay in power and the only way they can do that is by is by um you know uh pandering to those that are giving them money i mean i knew a lobbyist while i was growing up in high school and his job he was paid this is a lot of money back then a quarter of a million dollars a year just to it's represent right now right rep, to represent one business in sacramento you know represent to, them in dc Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, first so he, was, what, he first he was first he was schmoozing. He no, he yep. mostly did Sacramento. He did lobbying on a state level for the most but part. But he's like taking him out to dinner and things like that, that sort of thing. Oh, no, he had like box at for the 49ers and for the Angels and there was a private plane so that you could, you know, take your friends out to Catalina, 25 of you could go have a lunch and And he's doing this with politicians, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't I don't like the government subsidizing, you know, uh businesses to keep them ahead but if they're going to be subsidizing anyone let it be the poor people if they're going to you know then the counter to that though is that when you subsidize something you get more of it so it could be in a sense creating more poverty well, that's what they're doing they are subsidizing poor people with welfare programs right but i'm they're just i'm just poor. saying you know would you rather so say you know the city's like we've got a thousand dollars should we give it to this homeless man or should we buy a tank with it? Or you can't buy a tank for $1,000. But you see what I'm saying? Like, Well, obviously, I would if, – if I have to choose between war and giving people you know, checks, well, then obviously I'm not going to choose war because it's, it's much more obviously destructive of human life. Although that said, I don't support giving people checks right out the you – know, from the government uh, coffers either. But what I, the one, of, one of the points I wanted to make here before we get back to your phone calls is that if you are – uh, not of a rich economic class, then 
these laws are working against you. And, of course, also uh, the, you know, the regulations are preventing you from creating wealth, but also the money system is preventing you from creating wealth as well. Now, this also hurts rich people, but they, they're better at investing money and they've got people to invest it for them. And Are you talking you know, about they, inflation, inflation and just your dollars being worth less? That's exactly mm-hmm. right. I mean, it doesn't hit rich people as hard. It's still hitting them, but it doesn't hit them as hard because they can invest their money and, and live off of those, uh, live essentially off of their investments, whereas poor people, they don't have those options. But just because you don't have a whole lot of money doesn't mean you can't afford to take the money that you do have and turn it into something that's going to store value like gold or silver, something that's going to, as the government continues to increase the money supply, it's going to likely keep up to uh, to pace with that and you're going to be able to get out of it the value that uh, that you originally stored in it because silver still buys today what it bought 20 40 50 you know years ago it's the money that it's valued in is what's being screwed and that's means that means if you've got dollars they're mm-hmm. stealing money from you without you even realizing it. You're right. being taxed, mm-hmm. and you're not even realizing how much you're being taxed. So if you go to silver.freetalklive.com, you can order whatever silver and gold you can afford. Uh, and, of course, obviously you want to order as much as at, at once as possible because shipping's a factor. And you know the shipping costs will bring your overall cost up or your overall cost per per silver piece. But that's a good way to kind of sock away some savings, especially if you're a poor person, and actually keep the value of that savings yeah. so maybe that someday you could start that business that uh, that you're looking to start. And Mike was on the line with us here, and I know that Mike had called for a different reason, but I wanted to bring him back here so he had a chance to get to that. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, just uh, two more things real quick, and I'll free the line. The first thing is uh, when people think that they're getting a return from the government, they get all excited because they're getting that chunk of cash, but really it's just money that the government extorted from you to begin with that you're getting some of back right you're only getting a portion of it back and you didn't get to hold the money so you didn't get to invest it in anything that could have given you a greater return they got to sit on it they got to collect the interest in their bank account and it's worth less now that you got it back yep and uh this is the thing i've talked to you guys before about watching the police brutality on youtube and stuff but last night i watched a few videos of police brutality in foreign countries and three out of four times when a cop is beating somebody up in some country like uh, Pakistan or Mexico or something, the citizens have no problem jumping on the cop and beating him up. Wow. And do I, you I, do you I, condone I, that? Um. Well, yeah, I think that, I, I mean, it's our obligation to help our countrymen, right? I mean, I, I, w- I don't like to see that, I, and I'm too scared to do it myself. I've seen, I've seen police brutality many times, and it's, I mean, of course, we're all scared. But my, I, I guess that my point is, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Ian. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder when that's going to start happening here because, uh, I look, I don't support violence as a solution either, but I do understand that people do have a certain point past which they will snap and they will be likely to turn to this as a as a solution. I hope it, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want fights to occur, and I think that if somebody's going to intervene in police brutality, I'd rather see them intervene in a more peaceful manner uh, that won't result in an escalation of violence. Like, for instance, somehow separate the people that are fighting to stop the fight from uh, from occurring, to stop the police from beating somebody, but not administer a beating in return. But what could we have done, for example, with Derek J back at the dance party when there were only like three or four cops and there were 25 of us? Oh, God, I don't. I'm glad that nothing violent did happen because that was a very much. Well, they, they used violence on Derek. Right. But I'm saying I'm glad that n- no one acted out of their emotions. Like everyone was very emotional that night. They were screaming. And I think that that looked bad. 
like I'm glad that no one. I acted. wasn't screaming, <laughs> but That's good. yeah. But um, you you were also not were, a though. new person. There were a couple of newer people there that right. were really very upset, and it tends to be that way with uh, newer movers of the Free mm-hmm. State Project. They still are holding on to some anger and are likely to uh, to get excited. But that's a good question. What uh, could have been done differently in that mm-hmm. case? And uh, Mike, I, I share the uh, the frustration, and it's in, it's an interesting observation that people are willing to step in in those situations. And I agree with you. I think that at some point. People are going to step in, and I hope that they, when they do step in, that they just try to stop the violence from occurring, although I don't expect that's going to be realistic. They're likely going to be all worked up and want to strike back. Thanks for the call. More coming up. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features that uh, we will share with you there. You can go and create the content on the site if you would like. And if you appreciate the fact that all the, the website is free, then maybe you want to support the show on a voluntary basis by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the concept is you send in three bucks a month, and then Free Talk Live takes that and invests it in the show, getting on more radio stations and bringing more internet listeners on board so more people can come across the ideas of freedom. So if that's worth three bucks a month to you, plus you get perks. You'll get uh, access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast without uh, normal commercials in it, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there with any major credit card as well as, uh, well, you can do any major credit card through PayPal. Or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our site. So once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we go to your phone calls and your thoughts, Aaron is on the line in Springfield, Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Aaron. Oh, thanks. Uh, just got done spending some money on uh, Free Talk Live's Amazon. Program. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Well, so you well, shopped through sh- shop.freetalklive.com. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. I blew some money for my wife's birthday. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> I listen to the – thank you. I listen to the uh, archives every day. Is there a particularly memorable or noteworthy or extra special episode of Free Talk Live that you would recommend I download from the archives? Are you talking about over all six years of archives? Yeah. I have no idea. You don't have a favorite? You should do like a top 20 show or something like that. I don't have any way of qualifying, you know, what shows are the best. I mean, I don't. I couldn't even tell you what I talked about on Monday night, let alone (laughs) what was good a year uh, ago. I used to be an uh, avid listener of the podcasts, and if you're the type of person that likes to hear dissenting views, call into the show and have them smacked down by Ian and Mark. Saturday sh- Saturday shows are the best ones for that. We do tend to have a larger audience on Saturday than we do the rest of the week, which does usually mean that we'll get a variety, a, a much much wider variety of callers. Uh, callers tend to be a little bit more 
I guess, of the choir or of the friendlier sort uh, during the week. And then on Saturday nights, we probably double or triple our number lo- number of radio stations. And certainly tr- triple the number of stations carrying the show live, uh, which is a big factor in whether or not you get phone calls. And so, yeah, I think, Ali, that's a good general recommendation. Saturdays are a little bit more action-packed, I think, than uh, than the average show. But as far as content of each show and what was good and what wasn't, I mean... What I like isn't necessarily what you're going to like, Aaron. So I. Wouldn't. I mean, I'm on Fridays, so if that gives you any, you know, clue of what <laughs> when it's good. <laughs> so and things have changed too, right? Like, so you haven't been on Fridays forever. There was somebody on Fridays. Uh, I was previously. on Fridays before her, yeah, me right. and Michelle. Yeah. So Fridays, yeah. obviously, the way to go. <laughs> but I've been on every night except for um, Saturday and Wednesday. Really? Yes. Oh, you've been keeping track. That's interesting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have that. So some people have called over the years and have asked, why don't you guys do a best of? Like, I don't even want to begin the process of figuring out what is the best show of the week or, you know, what was the best show of a month. I have no way of quantifying that and it would take me too much time. A lot of people seem to like oh. when you and, and Mark get into it. Some people and- hate it. Oh, really? Some people can like you, it. Some people hate it. Can you count downloads of particular episodes? Like, could you look up which ones have had the most downloads, maybe? I could do that, yeah. But that's also still not fair necessarily because newer episodes are biased. Uh, you know, true. The older episodes are biased against newer episodes and that they've been around longer to accumulate more downloads. So, no, I think you just kind of have to go, just going to like either look at the descriptions of the shows and pick one that you like or take a shot in the dark, maybe randomly grab a Saturday uh, episode or something like that. All right, Saturdays it is. Thanks for your help. All right, Aaron. <laughs> thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Shot in the heart, and you're too blame. I have no idea why I just said that. It's like Tourette's. It's like Tourette's. It just oh, totally overcame me. What, I'm what so you sorry. could do? Is, I have another suggestion. Is if like there's some notable thing you remember happening in in the past when since Free Talk Live has started, and you want to mm, hear you know Mark's perspective point. on it, you could always go back to that date around and see, that time per- around that time. time frame, yeah. yeah, and look it because it's, the topics are on there. Well, right. So we may not have talked about it that same day because we don't always do what the you know the mainstream media is doing as far as news stories are concerned um like for instance i don't know how many talk shows are talking about roll your own cigarette stores going out of business today that's in the news today but so we're not necessarily we don't necessarily talk about an issue at the time that it happens but it wouldn't hurt to go and look at the shows that sort of surround that date and see you know if the description matches up what you're looking for so one thing's for sure this is a problem that happens when you have so many archives online. It's like, how do you catalog it all? How do you really keep any of it in the you know the front of your mind? It's not possible. There's just too much. It's a good problem to have. I it guess. is, I guess. Too much, too much content, but it's all free, and you are welcome to grab as much as you like. Eddie Free, speaking of free things, Eddie Free. And you're not quite free yet because you were yelling the other day at the White House, uh, Eddie Free, and there's a video <laughs> of that online. I actually posted it to freekeen.com today. Uh, you, I guess you're kind of upset. Huh? What's going on? Well, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of vent, Ian. You know, somebody you just keep it pent up inside for so long, and I think it's it's healthy. You just had um, to ejaculate. It, oh god! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, well you, you said you'd had it pent up for so long. You have to get the poison out. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. Thank you for ejaculating for all of us. For all of us, all over the White House. Some of us, some of us don't have the balls for it. Oh, oh wow! Um, <laughs> Nice. Eddie, yeah, I thought it was a great, great video, by the way. There. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, so uh, well, you're asking about that. Well, actually, Ian, I, I wanted to first talk about uh, a protest that I'm having. Oh, great. Swimsuit in Ashbury Park. Yes, 
yes, we're going to have a swimsuit civil disobedience uh, party. Um, you know, they're not enforcing the law, but I see it as a great opportunity to, you know, bring the ideas of li- liberty and, and voluntarism to, to, a, to a larger crowd. And um, so I just, you know, I, I'd seen the story. If you can get some hot woman. girls in swimsuits, that'll definitely expose uh, a larger it's crowd. It's a very large gay community, so some hot guys in swimsuits, nope. too. Wait a minute. Which city is this again? It's in New Jersey, New Jersey. Right? Mm-hmm. What's, what's... It's Ashbury, yeah, and it's at Ashbury Park uh, Boardwalk. So okay. it was, uh, it's, it's, it's been a law on the books for a long time, and there's so many ridiculous laws. Uh, Are you talking country, about blue laws? I'm sorry? Are you talking about blue laws, like silly things like you can't have sex except for missionary style on Tuesdays and well, Thursdays? No, not, not, e- not even blue laws. I mean, there's a law in the books in New Jersey that all the cats have to have three bells on their <laughs> collar to warn cat or to warn, warn birds. Um, there's another law that, Is that uh, enforced? you can't sell ice cream. You can't sell ice cream after 6 o'clock without a doctor's note from the customer. <laughs> Now, these aren't enforced, these are still right? These on the books. Right. These are laws that are still on the books. They're not enforced yet. I mean, wait until they need to generate some more revenue. Well, that's just it. The, this New Jersey uh, Asbury Park story, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on Free Talk Live, where it's essentially a former city councilwoman who is now retired and is very upset about young women and men uh, on the beach wearing next to nothing. She's very Snooky! Snooky! And uh, <laughs> is this the same place where those people live? Yeah, basically. Uh, so she's very upset about it and she wants the law that is on the books to be enforced about where she's fat and ugly uh, she's i don't know i haven't seen a picture of her but i'd just be curious she's in her 80s so you know uh, (laughs) so she's she's, wrinkled maybe she was ugly at one time now she's just ugly in her mind uh and she go ahead eddie well i mean yeah, I mean, I guess she wants all the women wearing, you know, having parasols and wearing their petticoats as they walk down the, the That's boardwalk. That's absolutely you know? what she wants. She wants to prohibit, uh, she wants the law that prohibits people from being in bathing suits on the boardwalk to be enforced. However, as you pointed out at the beginning of your call, the mayor of the town has basically said, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're, we're not yeah, going to enforce he this. Sent me, he, you know, I sent out an invite to him, and he sent me an email back saying, you know, we're not going to enforce this thing. So. Yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, every law is a threat. Every law is a gun. And, 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 it's, and it's nothing less than a threat. And so I think that this is going to be a great opportunity. To, When's it happening, to, to by the way? To, 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 the, to, the, to the larger Next um, Saturday. groups of people. So where it's can people go, Eddie, 14. to get more information about your protests? Um, they can go to uh, Asbury Boardwalk's uh, Civil Disobedience Swimsuit Party. On Facebook. Asbury um, Boardwalk Civil Disobedience Swimsuit Party. Yeah, it's kind of a long title, but um, I'm sure if they just start typing in Asbury Boardwalk Civil Disobedience, they'll find it and it'll pop right up. That's exciting. So, and and uh, we got people from all across the country that are planning on coming out there. And, um, you know, we we're going to have live music. Uh, we're going to have a catwalk swimsuit fashion show. Are you going to be <laughs> in that catwalk fashion show, Eddie? I don't know. I'm thinking about being the announcer kind of guy. You he know, looked uh, pretty hot in the uh, coconut. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Are you going to wear your coconut swimsuit? You had this like coconut bikini thing that you wore at Porkfest. It was awesome. <laughs> Listen, I love the coconuts, but uh, I've got something else planned that I'm oh going to wear. Well, let us so, know how it goes, Eddie. Uh, I pre- we're just going to make it a really fun event. 
I, I love. It sounds like a great idea. It sounds like a good time. And if you're in the area, you should definitely make it out there. And uh, Eddie Free, thanks for the call. Keep us in the loop with how it goes. Hour number three is next. Eight five five four fifty free. It's free talk live. It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. You can bring up what you want. All you have to do is dial in to the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. That number is 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that you'll find there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Submit stuff to the site and vote on what you like and dislike and the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. It is what is called a social bookmarking website, and it's one that is basically just for our listeners. So unlike a larger social bookmarking site, say like Reddit or Dig, uh, where you're just looking at everything under the sun, this is only the ins- uh, the items on the internet that our listeners find valuable, that our listeners, it's listeners like you, find interesting or fun or whatever. Go to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there. Here with me in the studio, uh, ladies, good evening. Good evening. Hi, Ian. It's Allie. Michelle. And Allie is here with us as Sorry. well. So uh, it's a little bit of a different intro. Anyway, uh, we're here to take your calls about anything. But over the entirety of the show, there's been kind of a theme. And I don't know. It wasn't the intention of this theme. It's just been kind of where the discussion's gone. And the theme is keeping poor people from creating wealth for themselves. And also, you know, just attacking businesses in general, because that's what happened in the very beginning of the show. We were sharing uh, some news about roll-your-own-cigarette stores. Now, you know, if you can afford a $33,000 machine to open up a store, you probably don't qualify as poor, but that doesn't mean you're not lower middle class or, you know, uh, you know somewhere in between. That's that's something that people could save up for or maybe get a loan for, for instance. Maybe they didn't buy it with cash. Maybe they opened up their storefront with this roll-your-own operation and, and took some money from some investors. So you don't have to necessarily be wealthy to start your own operation like this. And so there are these uh, business owners who have uh, invested in these businesses which allow individuals who would like to get their own cigarettes made come into the store they choose from different tobacco options they choose their uh their rolling tubes and uh, filters and they then place all of these items into a $33,000 machine this roll your own cigarette machine that cranks out something like 200 cigarettes in minutes so this is the way to go. I mean, if you're going to roll your own cigarettes, it makes sense to pay this company a few bucks to save you the hours of time that you would normally have to spend putting into this. Yeah. And Michelle, you were telling me about passive income and how that's really yeah. the way to we go. We were playing, yes, that game cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's sort of the idea is that it's OK to take out a loan and be in debt if you're going to end up making back your money and then like 
keep getting money back from it. So I could see where a business owner would think, I could take out a loan for this machine. It's obviously like the wave of the future. Sure, my loan payment is $3,000 a month, but I'm I'm bringing in 5000 so I have a net so increase of $2,000. So that is a, that's a good investment, yeah. And Unless normally, the government messes it up for you, then you're right. screwed. Yeah, normally it's a mm-hmm. good idea and those numbers And they can't work. sell it. What are, who are they going to sell it to? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> so normally those those numbers would work until all of a sudden the government decides, yeah. oh, we're going to regulate you out of business. And then you're in the middle of paying off a loan. Now you've got a piece of capital equipment that if you paid 33000 for it, you're not going to sell it for 33000 You right. might get fifteen, dollars uh, maybe twelve. There's no demand for it anymore. Well, now that's a good question. In the so free what, market. Well, I, okay. Now, I don't know. We don't have a free market. We've got freer. a very regulated world, and now it's going to be even more regulated. In fact, these roll-your-own businesses are likely going to be shuttering themselves after tomorrow. I mean, this goes into effect midnight. The bill was signed today. It's a transportation bill that essentially regulates these uh, these machine owners as manufacturers of cigarettes. So now, this mom-and-pop store that opened their storefront to regular folks just coming in off the streets to, to roll their own cigarettes, now they're going to go out of business business because it would be impossible for them to jump through whatever those legal hoops are to become licensed manufacturers of cigarettes. So they're not automatically granted manufacturer status. Now they have to be a manufacturer, which means they have to go through, if they want to keep doing business, they have to jump through whatever regulatory hoops the FDA or USDA puts up to become a cigarette manufacturer, which means it's going to be impossible for them. Now, can I play devil's advocate and say, Ian, we all know that cigarettes are bad for you. And that's why these regulations exist on the tobacco companies. So if someone's making some way... I love things that are bad for me. (laughs) If someone's making some way to make it easier for people to uh, poison their bodies, then they deserve to be regulated just like the tobacco companies. Well, I don't think anybody could argue that it's a good thing to put smoke in one's body. However, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal's article about this regulation that's coming into play, the owners uh, of six Vegas locations of the Sin City Cigarette Factory, they're going to have to shut down their entire operation. They're going to lay off 40 employees uh, because they just can't afford to do this. One of their owners uh, points out that their cigarettes, the ones you roll your own, don't have any of the chemicals in them that the cigarette company cigarettes do. Uh, and the papers, they say, are also chemical-free. Oh, unlike- so they're not quick-burning. Uh, wait, slow burn or quick burn? Well, this, like the cigarette companies use quick burning cigarettes. Cig- I thought they do slow burning papers. cigarettes. Is it quick burn? Quick burning because they want it to go, they want the cigarette to burn faster really? so that you smoke more and you get rid of them. That's why American spirits were, you know, a slower smoking cigarette than like say Marlboro's or Camel's. Hmm. You can buy um, different kinds of tobacco. You can buy the tobacco that uh, has, you know, more chemicals in it. You can buy all natural tobacco. I don't know what kind of stuff they put in pipe tobacco. I'm under the impression that it's like cigarette tobacco was just cut differently to meet the regulations for to have it considered to be pipe tobacco. I don't know what the regulations are as far as how these things are cut because I know that they've now started calling old roll-your-own tobacco as pipe tobacco. So I'm not sure if they had to cut it differently in order to do that. The only reason that uh, people are using pipe tobacco is because like, okay, so like a pound, at least in Keene, a pound of pipe tobacco is $20 on average. Mm -hmm. A pound of cigarette tobacco is like... 
Well, usually they don't even sell in a whole pound because it's so expensive. It's usually like, you know, 13 or 14 ounces and it's like $48. Right. Well, that's one of the things that uh, kind of created this whole roll your own movement is that it was in 2009 when they drastically increased taxes on cigarettes and cigarette rolling tobacco. So as I understand it, some of these cigarette companies just start change their packaging. They just these roll your own companies. Just okay, now it's pipe tobacco. Yep. Come buy our pipe tobacco. Oh, you shouldn't roll that into cigarettes or anything. One of those situations yep. where I don't think they actually you know kind of like anything. paraphernalia being sold. Yeah, they just changed the sell, name yeah. of it uh, essentially. And so some places are trying to change those uh, states are trying to close that particular loophole, but it's probably not going to matter very much now that these roll your own companies are just going to go out of business, uh, which was one of the ways that people could save significant money on doing these, uh, you know, making their own cigarettes. Now, according to this uh, piece over here at the Sun-Times, the Chicago Sun-Times, since 2009, tax increases, the Government account- uh, the government Accountability Office says roll-your-own tobacco sales have fallen 74%, while pipe tobacco sales have exploded, jumping from 3.2 million pounds to 30.5 million pounds in one year. So that's that's just to account for what we were just talking about with the changes of how these things are being sold. Uh, The GAO concluded the increase was due to consumers switching to pipe tobacco for their machine-rolled cigarettes and not to a sudden jump in pipe smoking. The GAO found that a carton of roll-your-own cigarettes costs half as much or even less than a carton of discount cigarettes at a store because of the lower taxes. State and local governments have been trying to close the loophole with Cook County in Illinois raising taxes on roll-your-own cigarettes in March and Illinois raising taxes on them last month when the state sharply raised taxes on all tobacco products to help fund their Medicaid program because, by the way, Illinois is in severe financial difficulty with their government. They have increased income taxes in Illinois by approximately 60 percent, and they are desperately trying to squeeze as much money out of people as possible. So it's not a surprise they're going after uh, smokers. Starting August 1st, cigarettes made by roll-your-own machines in Illinois stores will be taxed the same amount as company-manufactured cigarettes, and retail owners of those machines will have to get a machine operator license. So they are literally just trying to they are trying to put these people through the ringer. I mean, you've got to get a license now to have a machine. Now, this is just in Illinois. So this was if today's national law didn't pass, it would still be terrible to run one of these companies in Illinois, which is why the lady they were talking about in the article earlier moved her business to Wisconsin. So right across the border, uh, she located her uh, her business. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll free line. More about the roll-your-own-business owners that are going to be suffering and all the employees as well are going to lose their jobs because of this. And at the same time, these politicians will tell you that they care about the economy and they care about people's jobs. It's not true. It's nonsense. Not at all. 855-450-FREE. You can take control here and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Michelle. And don't forget that some of our features include the Shrine of Female Listeners over at freetalklive.com. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see the lady listeners who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program and once again that's shrine.freetalklive.com 18,000 radio stations could be at your fingertips if you were well putting your fingers on the C Crane Company's CC Wi-Fi internet radio you can get Pandora Opio Live 365 MP3 tunes and again something like 18,000 other stations that are loaded into this thing it's basically allows you to access pretty much any streaming radio station or internet station that exists it's an incredible product you can certainly get free talk lives live streams through there as well as the lrn.fm streams and whatever other favorite streams you might have and it's wi-fi so you can use it any room in your house uh, where your wi-fi signal is uh, penetrating once again go to ccrane.com c-c-r-a-n-e ccrane.com to order yours and they've got some other great really cool radio related products as, uh, as well as things like flashlights uh they've uh, excellent quality products at the C Crane Company. And when you order the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio or their CC Radio 2, mention Free Talk Live and you'll get a free flashlight when you check out. That's ccrane.com. As we continue here with news about what's happening tonight across the country, roll-your-own-cigarette operations are either going to be shutting their doors completely or they're going to have to desperately come up with some other business model. Now, Michelle, you'd ask the question, what happens to this, uh, this machine? There's a $33,000 machine that these companies have purchased to allow people to essentially roll their own cigarettes. The way it works is the company doesn't operate the machine. You do as a customer. So you come in, you buy your tobacco, you buy your rolling papers or tubes, or whatever it is that goes into the machine. You put all of this stuff in the machine and then it you know, spits out 200 cigarettes for you in a matter of minutes. And then at that point, you've already paid for the use of the machine. So you're not checking out after that. You, you've already bought your product. Mm-hmm. You're just getting to use their service after the fact of, of you buying the product. And for a while, this was a brilliant way for these companies to get around various different local laws about manufacturing cigarettes. No, I wouldn't say to get around local laws. I'd say to be able to provide a service and a product without having to jump through hoops. I just like to change, you know, the way we say it. When people ask me, how do you get away with not paying taxes? I'm not getting away with anything. I'm just choosing to live as a free people, a person, because I don't have that debt. So I think it's important to to. All right, they very much want you to pay them. Absolutely. So, but you can say it two different ways. You can say that these people have um, come up with an ingenious way to create a service or a product and to provide that to people. But it's a way that wouldn't have happened had they not been looking for ways to get around the laws. Like, otherwise, they could just manufacture their own cigarettes and then sell the cigarettes. Right. They wouldn't have to have a customer do that thing because you don't want your customer to do work that they don't have to do. So in this case, the customer is actually doing the work of loading the tobacco in the machine, loading the tubes in the machine, and pressing start. You know, so... Ultimately, if you can prevent your customer from having to do work, that's the best way to do it. But they can't do it that way. It's completely asinine to think that in some, you know, crazy world that's known as, you know, the capitalist system, and that's in quotations in the United States, that it's somehow 
cheaper or better for people to be taking like the different little elements of of uh, what goes into a cigarette and having to put it together themselves. Like it's just it's silly to like anyone yeah, who's could be like bagging your own groceries. Maybe you get you, you get a less expensive product because you have less amenities. Yeah, but division know? of labor like it makes it doesn't make sense like. I'm not particularly good at rolling cigarettes. I mean, this machine would make it easier, mm-hmm. easy for anyone. Yes. But it's like silly to think that each individual is buying the components and putting it together because it's not like a taste preference. Like it's not like some people are doing it so that because they like their cigarettes a specific way. Right. They're doing it to avoid the taxes. The taxes are what creates this barrier to avoid for the them. taxes or to have a less expensive product. Well, the taxes are what makes it expensive. Yes, but they're so they're going after. It's not on principle. They don't want to not pay taxes. I don't care if they, it's. They want a less expensive product. So it's just like bag your own groceries or any of these other places that don't offer the amenities that a more expensive. I think that that um, these things exist, Michelle, what you're talking about, bag your own groceries, but not in that many places. I mean, where around here is I mean, I'm not around here for sure. Everywhere I go. uh, Oh, I see what you mean. Like the automated machines. Yes. Okay. So in that case, you're not just bagging your own groceries. You're actually scanning Scanning, the groceries as well. And that's actually a cost cutting. And you save time that way. Possibly. Well, that's what the consumer thinks. It depends. So you're going to save time if the lines are real long at the manned Mm -hmm. cash registers. You'll save time that way. But I think if you've got a big cartload of, uh, of products the human scanning the products is going to go yes. faster than you scanning I always those thought products. that that was like for people that you know don't really want to put up with like for one thing waiting in line and then also some people just don't like the idea of having to interact with a clerk like they just <laughs> right. rather do it they're more they want to be doing those it all on their reasons. own those are two reasons those are two reasons it allows the company to diversify the options for the consumer mm-hmm. And at the same time, it also allows them to cut costs because right. staffing is the most expensive, most expensive part about running any business. Mm-hmm. And so, even though those guys that are running the uh, the front end of a store aren't getting paid much more than probably minimum wage or eight or nine or something bucks an hour, uh, on the other hand, they still cost more to run than the machine. Do you the machine think- only has to be repaired when it breaks down. Yes, and it's you're not paying the same hourly cost to operate that machine. Do you think if there were not minimum wage laws that there would be like, do you think that this would be needed at all if if people could just, you know, come up who people who don't have a job and would like to be, you know, clerks at grocery stores, if they could work for less than minimum wage, maybe labor wouldn't be so How expensive. about child labor? Six-year-old kids are really good at rolling cigarettes with those tiny little hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem you come into uh, there is that, you know, it, it wouldn't exist in a vacuum, right? So the reason why most jobs pay higher than minimum wage is because, well, the market has declared that people are worth more than minimum wage. So I don't think that in the absence of minimum wage, in theory, yes, you know, someone could be working for five bucks an hour bagging groceries, but how often you would see that happen would seem to be pretty, I don't know, unlikely. Well, maybe, but the reason that I ask is because it's unskilled labor. Uh, You know, any, pretty much anyone could, could do that job and it doesn't make, it's not, any more efficient to have individuals doing that themselves you know like like you said you don't want customers to have to do more work than they need to you want to treat your customers like royalty if you can i don't mind my customers doing more work for this a business where they have to roll their own cigarette versus the b business where i roll their cigarette the b the b or business the b business i'm going to charge a premium because i have provided an additional service to those customers and there's a different price point so sure. you might want to come and you you're happy to pay ten dollars a pack because you don't want to have to deal with it 
this person over here, you know, their price point is $4. They've got to roll their own. So I think yeah. that there's a niche. There is a but demand for it. I don't for pay sure. any yeah. less because I check out myself at the grocery store. It doesn't make my groceries any cheaper for me. If you, specifically. If you save time, for but me, I, my time. It never isn't saves valuable. time. It always takes longer to type I was trying in to get an example of like okay. providing different options for different price points. I think they're all good points. examples. I think you've got some, all of you have uh, good things to say here. Both of you do at 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Maybe your experience with uh, grocery stores, you're welcome to share that as well. And the checkout machines, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, bring up a 2-1-855-453. <laughs> CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. One of the things you can do is send a Bitcoin our way, if you would like. You can put something in our Bitcoin tip jar, or you can send, as someone did recently, 0.024 Bitcoins. You can send whatever denomination <laughs> of Bitcoins you would like uh, to the tip jar, and you can do that over at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. And there's some links there that will help you learn more about the Bitcoin as well. Maybe you have yet to take the time, which doesn't take a whole lot of time to learn about. Maybe you've yet to take the time to watch the less than two-minute video at the front page of weusecoins.org. You really should take that two minutes and go learn about what this Bitcoin is. I mean, we tell you about it often enough, but sometimes it helps to watch a video really solidify the ideas. And this is a decentralized currency. It is not issued by a corporation. It is not issued by a government. In fact, no one's really in charge of it. It's an open source project. And that means there's no wow. one to be targeted to take out. Because that's one of the problems with creating an alternative currency that is successful is once you become successful enough, as happened with Bernard von Nauthaus mm-hmm. with the Liberty Dollar, the feds come in and raid your business and then steal all your gold or silver or whatever it is that's valuable behind your operation. They can't do that with Bitcoin. There's no office. There's mm-hmm. no vault. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's untouchable by the federal government. And it's one of the biggest threats to the uh, the state, the idea of the state as that we've seen in our lifetimes. It's incredible what you can do with Bitcoin. You can have uh, virtually anonymous transactions. Uh, You can have anonymity if you put enough time into it. It's impossible for your account to be frozen. Nobody can interfere from the government in your account in any way uh, unless they physically confiscate your Bitcoin wallet, which is a, you know, something that you can encrypt. So if, you know, if you take the, the precautions necessary, you can completely protect your finances through Bitcoin. I was trying to explain to a woman who's a manager over at Bank of America here in Keene the other day about Bitcoins. Mm. And I asked her, um, because we were talking about Omar and he wants to have a bank account or he wants to be able to... um, This is your son. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Um, He wants to be able to receive, send and receive money. Mm -hmm. And because he doesn't have a social security number, he can't get a bank account. So we were asking whether or not uh, she was familiar with Bitcoins and whether or not... 
she would receive them into Bank of America and exchange it for FRNs. She never heard of it. She's like, absolutely not. So I sent her, I'll follow up next Monday or Tuesday or something, but I sent her a link to the Bitcoins and, um, and she was, she was happy to talk about it and consider it and to look into the websites and everything, but she couldn't even fathom how that would even be possible. Well, yeah, I mean, she's so steeped in the uh, the financial system and all of its rules and regulations. And I mean, if you're a banker, you're very familiar with a lot of the, uh, you know, the intimate goings on of the FDIC and how they control things and uh, the feds uh, coming in and you know, doing whatever it is they want to do in your operation. And Bitcoin isn't subject to any of that. And it makes me wonder, will we see the day and how soon will it be when the first bank starts to accept Bitcoin deposits? Will that be even mm. something? That, I mean, why would that even be necessary? If you think about it, they would have to. I mean, they would have to be offering people something they couldn't do on their own or couldn't easily do. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I know how to encrypt my Bitcoin wallet, but does the average person know how to do that? So essentially, well, banks could be put out of business. Not loan loan businesses are separate, but just banking. You could have. It could certainly change the face of banking yeah. as we know it. I mean. Bitcoins are all digital, so mm. it's not like you've got anything physical to take into a location where you have to stand in line. But you still need a clearinghouse, though, of some sort. What so do you mean you by can, a clearinghouse? Well, where you can go and you can exchange your Bitcoins for FRNs. They have or that. It's called BitInstant.com. Oh. So you can go right now, Michelle, to BitInstant.com. I'm going to go there right now. And they will tell you how you can go to, to banking locations and just other financial locations like Western Union, 7-Eleven. Okay, so it doesn't places. have to be a bank. It Correct. can be just, okay. So you can deposit cash to BitInstant.com through these like 700,000 locations across uh, the U.S. and uh, I think a couple other countries right now. And then it turns it into Bitcoins, puts it into your account. And uh, you can also do the reverse. You can take Bitcoins and turn them into cash if you would like. BitInstant.com allows you to do that. So it's pretty exciting. And how could Bitcoin change banking? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Would banks even be necessary anymore? Because the last time I looked at the Bitcoin program, they'd put in an encrypted uh, option in the program. So it used to be that you had to know how to do encryption on your own. Mm. You had to download a separate program and then take the Bitcoin wallet file and put that in an encrypted file and then, you know, that would protect your wallet. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm on here right now and I'm looking at it. and yeah? It's so cool. Are you excited already? <laughs> I am excited already. Yeah. What did you see that is so exciting? Well, because you can pay from one thing to another. So you can go. I could go, for example, to um, if you click on the link um, or click on the little tab thing, it has a drop down menu and I can go from a major bra- bank branch. So from a B, uh, my like B of A bank of America yeah. to yeah to a pay to to Bitcoin, to email, to a PayPal. So, um, oh, wow, that's great. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you don't have to surface. have a bank. Right there, you don't have to have a bank account. Right, we're just scratching the surface here of Bitcoin as well. I mean, this is still a relatively new concept. So there, the money's not traceable. There's Well, it's all traceable, actually. But what's not traceable is who owns the, uh, the wallets. So, for instance, when uh, if you were to go and put in the Free Talk Live... Uh, if you put in our address, so when you look at a Bitcoin address, it's very lengthy. It's like a bunch of numbers and letters all strung together. If you put that in over at blockchain. I think it's blockchain.info. Excuse me, blockexplorer.com, I believe it is. If you go to blockexplorer.com, it's not a pretty website, but it's uh, it's got a little field where you put that Bitcoin address in. You can put any Bitcoin address in there, and you can look at the entire history that is attached to that address. You can see how many transactions have come in, who's donated to Free Talk Live, how often, you know, when they've donated. You can, the entire thing is subject 
to transparency. Everything can be scrutinized. But the thing is, do I? Lo- I don't know that. I if like I send you, if you give me an address, Michelle, a Bitcoin address, and I send you Bitcoin, nobody knows to whom I've sent that. Bitcoin. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So they I can see. look and they can see. Oh. Well, Ian has this address. They know I have the address mm-hmm. because I advertise it on my website. But they don't know what your address is. I see. And you can generate a new address for every transaction if you want to. So if let's say you, let's say you wanted to get money from me and Allie, but you wanted to know who was sending you things. Because yeah. with Bitcoin, it's just Bitcoins come in. I'd create two in. addresses then. Yeah, you would create one for Allie to pay you with and one for me to pay you with. Mm-hmm. That way when Allie pays you, you know, oh, that came from Allie. That's the address I assigned to her. Mm-hmm. Well, that came from Ian. But nobody else knows. The people that are looking from the outside at our transactions have no idea. They have no idea if I'm sending you or where that money is coming from into your account, if they know what your account is. You can create your own addresses as well and send essentially send money to yourself. So if you wanted to put money in a different account or a different wallet, you could just create another address and then send some money over there and then you know send money to another address and send it to another address and, and then you know buy some drugs with it or something like that. <laughs> So a lot of people have problems with getting their credit card information stolen when they're shopping online. Is that something that is easier to avoid when you're using bitcoins? Well, anytime you're doing you know tri- financial transactions, there's always the chance that someone who is less than honest is going to be interested in uh, getting access to your accounts. So with Bitcoin, you can what let's see how do i explain this you give out a public address so when you go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com there's a public address there but having that public address only means that people can send me money they can't take that information and somehow like spoof me online they can't do that because if you were to take my address and give that out to somebody right someone sends that money to that address, it's going to come to me. What the person who wants to compromise your account would have to do is get your physical wallet. So in the same way that someone would pickpocket you in person and get your physical wallet with all of your money in it, the same thing could happen with Bitcoin. You could get into someone's computer, in theory, find their wallet file, and then take that uh, file. Then you would have that person's mm, well, right. wallet. That's a lot harder than just, oh, I see their their uh, credit card number and their expiration date. That's all I need. Absolutely. It's a lot harder. There's more security involved in that. And as I mentioned, the latest uh, Bitcoin program actually has encryption, as I understand it, in the wallet or in the, in the program itself. Mm-hmm. So you can use the features of the program that you download to encrypt your wallet right there. Wow. Which... You know, it's basically going to insulate you against that happening. Sounds pretty secure. But it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to have a backup of your wallet file because if, for instance, your computer were to crash and you didn't have that that wallet file stored somewhere else, then you would lose all your money mm-hmm. and there'd be no getting it back. It's gone. No one finds the Bitcoin wallet on the streets. So it's you just don't gone. want your motherboard there's to more, die. Yeah, there's more coming up here. Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us 
on our website over at freetalklive.com. Once again, the features on the site we give to you. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy. Here in the studio tonight with you, it's Ian. Allie. And Michelle. We've been talking about all things uh, from running your own business to the Bitcoin. You want to talk about changing the way business is going to be run. The Bitcoin definitely uh, can do that. But originally we were discussing the uh, roll-your-own-cigarette operations that are going to be shut down tonight. Now, some of these uh, businesses are going to stay open for another week just so they can sell out of their raw product. But uh, ultimately, there are people who created a business around the idea of this machine, this 30-something thousand dollar machine that allows people to uh, essentially roll their own cigarettes in the store. They buy the 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 pieces for their cigarette. They put it all in the machine. The machine puts it together for them. The federal government has, as of today, essentially outlawed that by calling it a cigarette manufacturing company, which means that they must now be, uh, they are now subject to all whatever regulations that all cigarette manufacturers are. They have to acquire a cigarette manufacturer's license in order to continue operating. They have to ask permission. Yeah, and it's going to be impossible. I mean, yeah. these, this is something that only you know R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris and these companies can afford to uh, to do. Massa, I'm not picking that cotton anymore, that tobacco, but I sure need to ask you for a job still, and I need to ask you whether or not I can keep what it is that I produce. Well, now a lot of people are going to be looking for jobs because these guys are shutting down their operations, uh, according to the Chicago Sun Times. State and uh, local governments have also been trying to close this loophole, which has resulted in roll-your-own companies becoming more popular in that the pipe tobacco is lower taxed than the roll-your-own tobacco. So essentially they're just selling people what's called pipe tobacco, but it's actually roll-your-own tobacco, and they're letting them put their machines – put them together with these machines. Starting on August 1st in Illinois, cigarettes made by roll-your-own machines – Uh, will be taxed the same amount as company-manufactured cigarettes. So even if the feds hadn't passed this law, state governments were still going after these guys. They hate the idea that you smoke cigarettes, if you're a cigarette smoker. And they feel like they can just force people to stop smoking cigarettes. And it's uh, it's not going to play out like that at all in reality. So... There is this freakiest looking bug, <laughs> and it just flying floated around, around. It looks like something out of Star Trek. It's, it's like crazy. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, anyway. So, uh, according to the <laughs> You're story, I've never seen it. I thought it was like a mosquito or something, but it. You remind stepped- me of uh, Stefan Molyneux during the Free Talk Live show, and he was on. He's ah! oh, it wasn't Free Talk Live. Sorry, it was another show. A bug came like flying in his direction, and he just stops. He's saying, and he throws up his arms and makes a really funny noise. I wasn't necessarily going to uh, freak out, but I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, I've seen a lot of mosquitoes, but uh, this it thing is like tiger like was... stripes. Oh, it kind of from here looked like it was like clear. I, I couldn't tell you what it is. Anyway, we'll take your calls about anything at 855-450-FREE. Uh, if we can find it again, maybe we'll take a picture of it, put it on Facebook yeah. or something like that. So these roll-your-own machines are going to be shutting down. There are approximately 60 roll-your-own machines in the state of Illinois. And uh, Noel Valenti, who's 43, owns six of them. He opened three SIG tobacco stores about a year ago to supplement his work as an independent construction contractor. He operated two stores in Chicago and one in Worth, but closed one down and moved two of them after or excuse me, right before Cook County decided to raise their roll-your-own taxes. Now the issue has followed him out to the suburbs, where he lives in co-owned stores in various different places. He says, basically, they're making us follow the same regulations as big tobacco, but we can't reap the same rewards. Well, right, because they don't have the same economies of scale. They're not... 
Big Tobacco. They're small mom and pop operated stores in strip malls that are trying to just give people a service. And now they're going to be regulated as though they are humongous cigarette manufacturers. These people are going out of business. He says that uh, he calls it a killing of small business and said that he's closing all of his stores, meaning that all 21 of his employees are losing their jobs. He maintains the new regulations make it incredibly difficult to continue operating his machines, particularly the requirement to obtain a manufacturer's license. And according to another one of the operators, he got into the business two years ago, or she did rather, after quitting her job at a screen printing business, she decided to leave her job. And who really wants to have a job for the rest of their lives? I don't know about you, but I sure didn't want that when I was, you know, getting older. I I didn't want to keep working for somebody else. I wanted to work for myself. So this person had followed their dreams had left a job and had gone and become an entrepreneur and had created this new service for people. And now it's all just going to be taken away in in one fell swoop. It's just all going to be taken away from them. It's horrifying. They are providing a fair service and um, that for which people were willing to to pay them and um Weren't harming anyone. Well, I don't think and, this won't happen to you, yeah. too. Don't don't think to yourself, oh, well, I don't sell cigarettes. So. I, you and I don't even there, smoke. There seems to be, like, this attitude that I still sense in people. They think that, you know, you can still, like, it's still safe to go after your dreams. And I don't want to, you know, be a pessimist. And I think that people should go after their dreams. And But that it's like people think that you can't fail, or they think that there's not going to be these obstacles like this where they just you just get smacked down. You, you know, you you, put, you invested all this time and energy and then some arbitrary thing like this comes along for no good reason. Right. And you just now all of a sudden your your business and all your hopes and dreams are kind of doomed and you have to move on to something totally different. But it's like people being a young person and having people give me advice and trying to encourage me to do this or that. I notice it's like I don't know if you realize this, but. The government's making it really hard to do that or it's making it it's making the incentives for for young people to do stuff like that. Uh, it's it's making it kind of scary to take risks. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's hard. You're trained, actually, in government school to not take risk. I mean, the, the way they tell you to do things is you go to college, you get a job. You get a career with some corporate uh, taskmaster, and then uh, you retire at age 65, and uh, that's that. You collect uh, money from the government. I mean, they don't want you to take a risk. They don't want you to go out on a limb and, uh, and open up your own business and add something new to the marketplace, because that would threaten the uh, the status quo. Well, but okay, so let's go back, though, 20 years when all the subprime lending, when everyone should have a house, we want you to invest in homes and what have you, and so the government intervened um, in a different way and told the uh, banks that they had to, told them that they must give these loans out to people, even though they were high risk, et cetera. And so whether the government is intervening on one end or on the other end, it doesn't matter. We just need the government out of business, period. When they lower the the amount that, uh, what is the interest rates on those loans, then it means people will malinvest. They'll invest in ways they otherwise wouldn't have because they'll have access to money that they otherwise wouldn't have had. Giuliano is on the line in Indianapolis. Uh, Giuliano, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Ali, and Michelle. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on, what's on your mind, Giuliano? Not too much. Uh, just had a question about the Bitcoin. Um, sure. How how long has this necessarily been around? Because I'm kind of new to your guys' program. Like say, I've listened for the past few months. It's about three and, or four uh, years. It kind of really came out in uh, in 2008, but it's only become it's become really popular within the last uh, year or so. It's really shot up in its popularity. Right, right. 
And then also, uh, I was wanting to know, how do you guys, what, what's your views on... You got a drive-thru window or something? Huh? You got a drive-thru window? Sounded yeah, like it's navigation. Like GPS, oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a pizza man. <laughs> you got okay. a woman telling you what to do on the other end. I couldn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> Sorry, what, what well, were you going to say there? I a woman. I want some guy barking directions at me all night. You know? <laughs> I heard you. So where were you but, going uh, before we no, got distracted so, by the GPS? Go ahead. My, my big beef is this. Check this out. I'm a pizza man, hence the GPS, all right? Yep. And I'm tired of people not tipping the pizza man. It's mm. like this is a service that we are providing for where you get out in the blazing heat yep. and at least give me a dollar, all right? Like gas is like three fifty eight. Like let me at least get a buck. Yeah, what's people's deal? Bad whenever, you know, I'm filling up off this scrap. Do you I'm feel making, like it's you know worse? I mean? I mean, how long have you been delivering pizzas? Uh, only about eight months. Okay, because I'm curious. God. Like, I wonder if you were to ask your coworkers if there are any of them that have been there for years doing a pizza delivery. Uh, you know, yeah. how are people being cheaper now because of the down economy, or are they as cheap as they've ever been when it comes to tipping? Well, it's really funny because, like, today's Friday. So, like, today is a payday, you know, so everybody is throwing tips out there. But on Monday, whenever it comes to, you know, everybody's unemployment checks coming through here in Indianapolis, they all go through on a Monday. So you know on Monday you're going to be in the hood all night, and chances are you're not going to make any money. And, I, don't, you know, I'm not racist or nothing, but that's just how it is, you know. I have heard from delivery people that there are, like, certain areas that if you end up having to go out there, then you pretty much expect to not make any kind of tip. Well, whether it's a hood or well, a trailer see, park, right? I mean, you're, the poor people are less likely to tip. Would you say that's true? Uh, it, it's two degrees because, like, so, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been right out here by the Colts Complex with Indianapolis Colts practice. And, you know, big oak doors that are longer than my car, and, you know, they'll throw me a dollar. But then I've been in, like, the projects, and, you know, oh, well, here's five because my food's hot. So it really just kind of goes back and forth. I mean, you know, the rich people don't get rich by, you know, giving their money away. So I didn't know what you were going to ask about Bitcoin or if you were going somewhere with that, but unfortunately we are out of time for tonight. But call back tomorrow. We're happy to talk to you further then. Good and libertarians tip well. Anybody who appreciates good service should tip well. And uh, thank you, Giuliano, for reminding our listeners about that. I think it's important to realize it because some people don't get tipping, and I wish we had more time to talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow night. See you then. Free talk. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook.